0: How's it going? Good. Glad to be at church today. Yeah. Yes, good. Um, well, my name is Blake Smith, and I'm the high school youth pastor here at Brookside. And yeah. yes, thanks, guys. I feel so loved. <laughs> thanks. Um, but I, I love working with the youth. It's such an, an honor and a privilege for me. Um, but uh, I just I want to say a welcome to you uh, here at the Miller campus. If you are uh, new with us today, here for the very first time, or if this is your second week, third week. Whatever week it is, uh, we're glad that you're here, and we, we hope that you feel welcomed and that you feel loved. And to the guys down at uh, Mod 7, uh, just thanks for joining us and be a part of our service. And then um, everybody that's watching online, too, thanks for, thanks for joining us. So, um, like Rob said, we're going to be starting a brand new series in the book of Psalms. And now, this is not the first time that we have uh, gone through the book of Psalms. In fact, we went through uh, Psalms last summer, but the good thing about psalms is that it's 150 chapters long, which means that we could do a chapter every week for three years straight. And some of you are checking my math, but as you can see, I'm wearing glasses, and that makes me smarter. So, so my math is correct. Um, but but we, we love, we love, we love coming back to the psalms um, because, because they're real. Like they're written by real people who actually existed, and and they're also like vulnerable. Like King David, who wrote 73 of the 150 Psalms, he was a real person who had real emotion. I mean, he was he was the, the king of Israel. He was a godly man. He was he was a man after God's own heart. But he is so real in his writing, he is so vulnerable. In his writing, we see David having those mountaintop experiences, like killing Goliath, a shepherd boy with a sling and a stone, killing the Philistine giant. That is a mountaintop moment. But then we also see David in those, those valleys. Like before he becomes king, he's chased by King Saul, who is, who is literally hunting him, trying to kill him, and David has to resort to caves, and he's writing, like some of the Psalms that he wrote are from caves. David knows what it's like to be on the mountaintop, but he also knows what it's like to be in the valleys. And that's relatable because all of us, we, we know what it's like to be uh, in, in times where, where things are going really, really well. Like God seems close, my family's doing great, my job is going great. This, this right now is a mountaintop experience for me, but then we also know what it's like to be in the valleys where, where things aren't going well, where your family's not getting along, you're, you're, you don't enjoy going to work every day, God doesn't seem close. I can relate to that, and I know, I know that you can relate to that. But what's amazing about the Psalms is that no matter whether David was on a mountaintop or whether he was in the valley, he never ever allowed his circumstances to determine his worship, to determine his praise. No matter what he was going through, David always gave praise to the unshakable character of God. He reveals to us the unshakable character of God. And so with that in mind, if, if you are in the mountain, if you're on the mountaintop, or if you're in, in the valley, or if you're just kind of in the mundane, I want us to go to God and to ask him to speak to us, because he knows where you are. He knows. He knows if you're on that mountain. He knows if you're in the valley. So let's, let's go to God and, and pray that he speaks powerfully through his word to us, and that he would reveal his unshakable character. So let's pray. God, You are so good. God, you're so faithful. God, you are worthy of of all praise. God, and and it's not determined by our circumstances. God, whether whether we are on the mountain, whether we are in the valley, God, I pray that, that you would meet us where we are at. God, whether we're sitting in the Millard campus, whether we are sitting in Mod 7, whether we are watching online, God, I pray that you would speak powerfully to us right now through your word. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So we are going to be in in Psalm 145 today. And you're going to hear the word praise a lot. In this psalm, and I'm going to say it a lot. And I just want to give you just a quick definition of what praise is. So if you're a note taker, write this down. Praise is us. Responding to the unshakable character of God no matter the circumstance. Praise is us. It's a response. Whether we're in the mountain, whether we're in the valley, whether it's a physical response or a heart response, it is a response to the unshakable character of God. That's what praise is. And, and Charles Spurgeon, who's a well-known um. He's a well-known pastor from the 19th century. He said this. He said, this psalm is David's crown jewel of praise. Like if you want to know what praise is, if you want to know why we praise, if you want to know how to praise, if you want to be challenged to praise, we go to Psalm 145. And so I want to go ahead and read this to you. Now, this might be the high school youth pastor coming out in me, but um, psalm 145 is 21 verses long. And I know that, that our minds, when a pastor is reading for that long, for two minutes, whatever it is, our, our minds tend to drift. So I, w- I want to encourage you to lean in and to hang on to every single word of this psalm because these are not my words. These are God's words. So let's, let's treat this as if we are going before God and and listening to Him speak to us. So, So Psalm 145, verse 1. It says, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger, and he is rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. Verse 11. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and of the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all He promises and faithful in all He does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise His holy name forever and ever. Can I get an amen? amen. Yes, come on. That's so good. So good. So, so what I want to do with the, the, the remaining time that we have is I want to ask three questions that I think Psalm 145 answers. And the first question is, is why do we praise if we're going to praise, we we need to have a motivation to praise. So so the first question we're going to ask is, why do we praise? And then we're going to ask the question, okay, so now we have that motivation, how do we praise? Like, what does that look like? What does it look like for you and me to give praise to God? And then the last question is is a challenge question. It's, will you praise? Will you praise Him? And my goal as we answer these questions is that your affections for God are so stirred up and your love for him is so stirred up that we leave this place a people that praise God in the every single day. That's what I want for us. That's what I think David wants for us is for us to be a people that are so in love with Jesus that we can't do anything, but praise him every single day. And so let's let's go to that first question, why do we praise? In this psalm, um, there are, I counted, there are 22 reasons why we praise God. Now, you need to know that this list is limitless. We could praise God for eternity, for an eternity amount of reasons, but David outlines 22 for us. And if you have your bulletin, it should have been on your seat and there's a handout that has all of them on it. And it's a tear-off, and I, and, I, and I did it this way so that you could take it home with you, and you could put it in a book, you could put it uh, on a mirror, or in your car, or on your fridge. Wherever you see it, I want you to have this because this is a sweet, sweet reminder of why we praise God. And so what I want to do is, I, we don't have time to go through all of them, but we're going to go through a few of them. And so the first one I want us to look at is um, in verse 3. It says, His greatness no one can fathom. His greatness no one can fathom. Our, our minds, our human minds, we, we cannot comprehend the greatness of our God. Another translation, it says that God's uh, greatness is unsearchable. Like, like we, we are never on this earth going to ever be able to understand the greatness of God. He's on another Level. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And because he is great, not even because of what he does for us, but because he is great, he is deserving of every ounce of praise that you and I can muster up. He's worthy of it all. God is great. Jump down to verse 8. I think some of you need to know today that that God is slow to anger and rich in love. God is full of justice. But He is also so quick to pour out His love for you. Maybe today you just need to hear that God loves you. And He showed that love by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and pay the penalty that you and I could not pay on our own. He is so quick to love you. He's so quick to love you. Jump down to verse 14. He upholds all who fall. Maybe today you feel like you've just been kind of limping through life. Like you're not happy with, with work Maybe you have found out some uh, family member is sick. Maybe things in your family are not going well. Maybe you feel distant from the Lord, but you need to know that God is the one that lifts you up. In our weakness, He is made strong. He is made strong. He is the one that picks us up. He upholds all who fall. Verse 18, he is near to all who call on him in truth. Maybe this morning you feel like God is distant. Maybe you feel like uh, he's nowhere to be found, and, and that could be brought on by your own sin, or that could be brought on by certain circumstances, but you just feel like God is hes just not, he's just not near. But we have assurance in God's word that, that he says he's near To everyone who calls on him, the creator of the universe draws near to us. He's near. And then the last one that I'm going to look at is, is he fulfills, verse 19. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. You know, this one really rung true and it has rung true in my life because before God really got a hold of me, I was someone who was, who was seeking for fulfillment in the world, was, was looking at the pleasures of the world and trying to satisfy the deepest longings of my soul, and I kept coming up empty. And maybe that's where you are. Maybe, maybe, maybe you are trying to fulfill your life with things that the world says will fulfill you. God created you. He created your soul. And he created that soul to only be satisfied by him. He fulfills the desires of our hearts. And it's crazy because because those who fear him, people that fear him, their desires become God's desires. Actually, his desires become our desires. That's what I meant to say. His desires become our desires. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So why do we praise? 22 reasons right here why we praise. You know, I, uh, I reached out to my students um, and, and wanted to ask them why they praised God. Like, what, what drove them... Uh, what drives them to, to praise God in the everyday. And, and this is what they said. And I hope, I really hope and pray that this encourages you because as I was getting these text messages in, I was just so encouraged and literally almost brought to the point of, of tears. One student said um, that he is the one constant in my life and he will never abandon me. Maybe you need to hear that today. God is constant and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. One student said, I praise God because even though he is the ruler and creator of everything the huge mountains, all the animals he still cares about me specifically. And that made me think of Psalm 139 where it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We, we have been knit together in our mother's womb. And every time I read that verse, I think like some old lady like crocheting and uh, like my grandmother making like hot pads and stuff like that. But anyway, like I just imagine like God taking time to create every single one of you. He knows the, the number of hairs on your head. The thoughts that he thinks about you outnumber the grains of sand. God cares about you, specifically you. One student said, um, I praise him because he gave me a purpose and a future. Through Through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, we have been given a purpose, and that purpose is to glorify him and to go praise his name among the nations. He has given me a purpose. One student said that I praise Him because He sent His Son to die for me. As I thought about that, I, I realized that like that act alone, like God sending His Son to die for you and me, makes me want to praise Him for eternity. That God wouldn't have to do another thing for me And I want want to praise him for eternity because that one act alone has changed everything for me. It's changed everything. And so I'm going to praise him for eternity because he sent his son Jesus to die for me. And he died for you. So why do you praise? What truths about God make your jaw drop? What in this list sticks out to you? What speaks to you? And then praise Him for that. Maybe you could write your own list or you could write your own praise psalm. So that's why we praise. Second question is, how do we praise? I, I love David in the fact that he is a warrior. He is a king. But yet he writes such beautiful, sensitive poetry. He uses two different words that describe the word praise in Hebrew. And the first word that I want, I want, to, I want you to look at is, is um, the word barak. Everybody say barak. barak. Say it like you mean it, barak. barak. Yeah. Um, barak means to kneel. And we see this in verse one. It says, I will praise. And that word praise is the word barak. I will kneel before your name forever. And ever. And this kneeling, of course, is in, in response to David acknowledging who God is. It's, it's a response physically, but it's also a response, it's a posture of our heart. It's it's humility, understanding who we are. David knew that he was a king. He was a king of Israel, but he knew that God was the king, the king of kings who would reign forever and ever. So his posture towards God was one of humility and was one of reverence. It was one that brought him to his knees. And he's encouraging us to do the same thing. This type of praise, it it comes in two experiences most of the time. It comes in two experiences. It comes in times of great thankfulness where we can't believe that God just came through. I saw God do something amazing. So I'm driven to my knees in great thankfulness. I think of the Elkhorn campus. Like we were down to the wire, down to the last week, wanting a building in Elkhorn, wanting to put a a church in Elkhorn. And God delivered in the last moment so that his fingerprint could be all over it and so that he could receive all of the glory. So we are driven to our knees in thankfulness. But it also comes in times of great desperation, in times where we don't know what to do, where life is not going well. And so we're driven to our knees saying, God, like I I need you to come through for me. I need to see you work in this way. And what both of those situations have in common, is that we are at the end of ourselves. Being driven to thankfulness and in desperation, we are at the end of ourselves. We can no longer do anything. It is all up to God. And to be honest, that is the exact place we want to be. To be in a place where we are at the end of ourselves, understanding that we can no longer do anything, but it's only up to Him. But then you ask, Blaze, okay, what about the mundane, everyday, ordinary life? Are we to be driven to our knees? And the answer is yes. Verse 15, it says, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. Every single day we should be, we are at the end of ourselves. Because God is the one that gives us breath. God is the one that provides food. He is the one that gives us life. So we should be driven to our knees in great thankfulness. God, I can't believe you are giving me breath. I'm so thankful. But then also in great desperation, saying, God, without you, like I can't, I can't live. So yes, in the everyday, ordinary life, we are to be driven to our knees. Barak. Now, the second praise word that David uses, uh, which is in verse 2, is the word halal. Everybody say halal. 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 Yeah, and this um, can mean, it can mean to rave. It can mean to shine. It can mean to be clamorously foolish. Psalm 145, 2, it says, every day I will I will halal, I will rave, I will celebrate, I will be clamorously foolish and extol your name forever and ever. Psalm 149.3, it says, let them praise, that same word halal, his name with dancing. It's a physical expression. It's the idea of letting go of and not caring for about what people think about our worship it's it's the idea of letting go of our circumstances and not allowing those to determine our worship and we are going to we're going to dance we're going to raise our hands we're going to we're going to sway before the lord because he is so worthy i don't want us to miss the very first four words of that verse though every day i will I took um, a group of students to Durango, Colorado, and we are literally on a mountaintop, having mountaintop experiences together. It was awesome. Um, but one of the days, we, we split up, uh, and we went into, like, small groups. And the guys went one way, girls went another way, and we just prayed in a circle. And um, one of the guys, I will never forget this, he, he prayed. He said, God, I'm really not feeling this prayer, but I'm going to do it anyway. But I'm going to do it anyway. This high school student understands what it means to not allow our feelings to dictate, to determine our worship. You know, our, our culture is such a feelings culture. If you feel like doing something, do it. Because nobody can tell you that your feelings are wrong. Or if you, if you don't feel like doing something, don't do it. Because nobody can tell you that your feelings are wrong are wrong but but listen to me if we allow our feelings to determine our worship we enter very very dangerous territory because i'm going to be honest with you church i don't always feel like praising god i don't always feel like reading my bible i don't always feel like that but i do it anyway because I will not allow my feelings to get in the way of me giving, the, giving God the worship that he deserves. He deserves it all, forever and ever, no matter if we feel it or if we don't. And it's a choice. Praising God is a choice. It doesn't just happen. It's something that you and I must choose to do. So we praise him by kneeling, whether it's physically or it's a posture of the heart, humility and reverence for God and who he is, but then we also dance before him. We visibly express our worship, and we will not allow our feelings to rob him of giving him the praise that he deserves. So my last question to you is, will you praise? It's my challenge to you, is will you praise? Psalm 154.4, it says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. It is our duty, better, it is our delight to praise His name so that we stir the affections of the other generations around us. So that we stir their affections for him, Honestly, that's why I love youth ministry so much is because I get to tell these students, these high school students, about what God has done in my life and about what he has done in his word and about what the word says who he is. I get to tell them about that so that their affections will be stirred for, them, for him. My, my prayer is that my students will fall more in love with Jesus than I am. Like, I I, I want their affections to be so stirred for him. Love, I love youth ministry for that reason. I mean, think about this Brookside. Let's make this a little bit personal in your homes. If you're a parent, a single parent, a step-parent, a foster parent, whatever kind of parent you are, what if your children saw you in your home kneeling before God? no matter the circumstances, out of reverence and humility, what would that say to them? Like you are, you are the number one impactor, influencer in their life. And how you worship is how they're going to worship. And so if they see you on your knees before God, or if they see you dancing or raising your hands before God, no matter the circumstance, think about what that's going to do in their life. They're going to want to praise him with everything that they are because they see you doing it. That's beautiful. Older generation, are you telling the younger generation and younger generation, are you telling the older generation how you have seen God work in your life? Are we we sharing stories about how God has changed us or or how we've seen his unshakable character? Are we we talking about that amongst each other because it's only going to bring unity among us? And a unified church is a powerful church. It's a powerful church. And man, we're going to be so excited to come here on Sunday or or to go out in our weeks with our our community groups to just just talk about how we've seen God moving in our lives. And it's gonna encourage us to praise him in the everyday. To praise his unshakable character. So my question for you is, will you praise him? Will you praise him? That's your choice. Don't allow your feelings to rob you of giving glory to the one who deserves all of it. The reality is is that whether you praise him or I praise him every creature is going to praise his name every single one. Psalm 145:21 it says my mouth will speak and praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Will you join them today? Will you praise him today? I want to leave you with a line from a hymn called um, When All Thy Mercies. It was written by Joseph Addison, um, and it says this. It says, through all eternity to thee, a joyful song I'll raise. But oh, eternity's too short to utter all thy praise. Let's praise him, church, because he deserves all of it. Let's pray. God, you are, you are so good. Your character is unshakable. God, our, our circumstances, our feelings do not determine who You are. God, You are always the same. Forever and ever, You will always be the same. So God, thank You for being unshakable. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us. To pay the penalty that that we, we so deserved. God, I pray that right now as we sing, God, we would sing as if you are worthy of every word that we are singing. God, that we wouldn't care about the people around us. And what they think, but God, God, we would be clamorously foolish before you. God, we, 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 just, we don't want to contain what's inside of us because you've changed us through the blood of Jesus. So God, right now, we sing to you. Pray these things in your name. Amen.